Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast channel for Impact Student Ministries, which is based out of Eubank Baptist Church in Eubank, Kentucky. We are all about discovering who Jesus is, discovering his purpose for us, and inviting others to do the same. We would love for you to join us on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. This podcast is a place where you can catch up on past conversations from our Wednesday night worship experiences. To stay connected, you can follow us on Instagram at EubankBCYouth, all one word, and on Facebook at Impact Student Ministries Eubank BC. Thank you for being part of the conversation, and let's keep discovering who Jesus is together. Well, hey guys, and welcome to the podcast channel for Impact Student Ministries. My name is Pastor Aaron. I'm so glad that you are here. We are a student ministry based out of Eubank, Kentucky. And again, I'm glad that you're here uh, checking out this conversation. And we are finally uh, to the ending conversation, the final conversation of the series that we've been in called Suggested Friends. We've had to take a few weeks off here and there because of things going on, but we are finally here. We have finally arrived um, at the finish line. And if you've been tracking with us, whether in person or through our podcast channel, you know uh, that we've been in this series and we've been talking about um, consistently um, how there are certain relationships that God uh, calls us to pursue. In fact, um, Jesus himself, uh, God's son, tells us not only tells us the kind of relationships to pursue, but also tells us how to do that. And so we've talked about how we as Christians, we as Jesus followers, we're called to pursue and engage with the outcast um, and the outsiders. We are called to pursue a mentor in our life, someone who will speak into us, pour into us, and help us along the way. And then a few weeks ago, we talked about how we are called to pursue a community, not only be a part of a community, but serve within that community, uh, be involved, be engaged with the people uh, within that community. And so we are here at the final conversation and uh, and in this moment, uh, you know, I'm, I'm recording this a few days after church, uh, but in this conversation, in this moment, we're actually going to talk about um, something that every student pastor loves to talk about. Uh, it may not be the student's favorite topic, but it's our favorite topic. <laughs> um, and fun fact, this topic actually may be uh, for almost every parent of a student, uh, their favorite topic for the student pastor to talk about. So if you're a parent listening you are welcome from the bottom of my heart. Now, the topic that I'm referring to, um, the kind of relationship that I'm referring to is our dating relationships. Now, before you check out or you tune me out because you think that this is going to be awkward, uh, you're not dating anybody, uh, so this is not for you, um, before you do that, um, let me tell you one thing that will hopefully keep you engaged, keep you hooked into this conversation. And the one thing is this that how you date now will impact your future spouse. How you date now will impact your future spouse. You see, the way um, that you handle yourself and the things that you do or don't do with your girlfriend or boyfriend, they're going to directly impact the relationship that you have with your future wife 
or husband, maybe you're listening and you don't have um, a boyfriend or girlfriend right now, but I'm going to assume that you like somebody. You have an attraction to someone. There's someone at school. There's someone on the sports team. There's someone at church. Maybe there's someone in your life that you are attracted to, and maybe there's this desire within you to date them, to be uh, their boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, and so, uh, this this applies to you, and and this is this is so important to talk about, um, because there are a lot of um other people, a lot of other places that talk about um dating and, and what it looks like and how it should look like and what it should feel like and all those things, but there is not enough people talking about uh, when it comes to students. It's not not, not people talking about like what's it mean uh, for students to date. What does God have to say about um dating relationships? So it's so important. And what I'm gonna do in this moment is I'm gonna approach this topic uh with God. God's word. We're going to approach it with God's word. And uh, so in our in, in our time together in this conversation, we're going to be in Ephesians um, chapter 5. So if you don't have a Bible in front of you, please pause this and go find a Bible, whether it be on your phone, whether it be a physical copy, go find a Bible um, so you can have it in front of you because we believe with everything in us that God's word is living, which means that everything he says, every time he talks, he has a reason. He has a purpose. We want you to see that and engage that and experience that for yourself. And uh, while you find about while, while while you're getting a Bible, um, once you have one, start making your way to Ephesians chapter five. That's where we're going to be um, at in this conversation. And let me just give you a heads up about the verses that we're going to be. And we're going to be in verses twenty one through thirty three. But these verses, if you read them uh, from the beginning to the end, you're going to see there's this focus. There's this main theme on marriage. And while uh, while you may not be married, uh, if you're a student and, you, and, you, and maybe you're not married, hopefully you're not married, uh, maybe you're a parent or a grandparent and you're checking this out. Um, so, so while our primary um, audience is students, just because it talks about dating or just because it talks about marriage, don't think that there is nothing for you. I believe that there are a few uh, things, four things that we can see that students can take away and apply to how they date uh, and can apply to their dating relationships. So before we really get into the to the heart of our content, to the heart of our conversation, I just want to give you two disclaimers that you have to understand. Uh, these disclaimers will help us stay grounded in truth. Disclaimer number one is this. The only standard for marriage is husband and wife. Again, the only standard for marriage is husband and and wife, you know, in in today's culture, especially with students and, and even some adults, uh, this statement, uh, this disclaimer, if you will, it, it can cause some people to get mad. It can cause some people to get frustrated because uh, they they hear that as someone telling them. So you're saying that I can't marry or date who I want to date. You're telling me that I can't be happy um, and and a kind of relationship that I want to be happy in. And so th- this this statement can cause some people to just get mad and just get ugly, really. I mean, on both sides of it, really. I mean, there's Christians that, that say this, that do it their own way. Like, like, there's people who yell this, and that's just not, it's just not the right way. But so this can be a very heavy statement. But I want you to, to know this, and, I, and I've, I've seen this. There are people that believe marriage can look like two or more people of the same gender. Uh, there are people that believe that they can define what marriage is and what it looks like. They can, they can, they believe they can define uh, what is right and wrong within a marital relationship. But here's the thing, though, and this is what we believe as a youth group, as a church. This is what we believe. 
there there has already been a person who has defined marriage and what it looks like when it, when he created everything and established order and that person's God. When you go back to Genesis and you see that God made everything out of nothing, when he made order, when he made uh, rules for right and wrong, he was very clear that marriage is between one man and one woman. That is it. There are no variations. There are no uh, other possibilities. It is just between a man and a woman. That is it. Anything else, it is not a biblical marriage. That's just, I mean, that's what I believe. That That's my opinion. But I base that off what God says. So if you want to get mad at me, I'm sorry. But that's what God says. That's what I'm going to say. And so the only standard for marriage is husband and wife. Disclaimer number two, not every dating relationship should lead to marriage. Not every dating relationship should lead to marriage. Listen, just because someone is deemed worthy to, to date in our eyes does not mean that they are deemed worthy to marry in God's eyes. Okay, just because someone's good enough to date in your eyes does not mean that they are good enough to date in God that they that they're not good that they are not good enough to uh marry in, in in God's eyes. You see, we see things very differently than God does. Now, whether it was a past relationship or a current relationship, some of you know that the other person in that relationship was or is not your future spouse. So you know, you can look back on your on your relationship and you and, and you can tell that this person ain't it this person is not the one in fact in second corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 uh paul talks about this believe it or not um he says in second corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, now this this verse is often applied to different kinds of relationships, and, and often it's applied to marriage. But scholars who are much smarter than me, they lean towards this idea that Paul was actually addressing the need to separate from a relationship when a person was being pulled away from Jesus. Essentially, uh, when there is this recognition, when there is this, uh, there's this insight that someone or both are being pulled away from Jesus, there was this need to separate. There was this need to not be yoked together. So listen, students. If you're dating someone that is pulling you away from Jesus, you need to drop them and separate yourself. Does not matter how cute they are. Does not matter how happy they make you feel. Does not matter how much they make you laugh or anything else. If they don't push you closer to Jesus, there needs to be a separation. If they are not pushing you, if they're not pursuing Jesus more than they're pursuing you, you need to drop them. Okay, They're not good for you. Take it from me as as a youth pastor, as growing up, as going through high school and middle school. Okay, if they are not pushing you towards Jesus, they are not good enough for you. So with those disclaimers being said, I want to uh, dive into our content. And as we do, let me ask you a few questions. Have you ever uh, experienced buyer's remorse? Maybe you bought something that you were hyped about um, and then realize, you know, after the excitement, after the hype was gone, that it just wasn't worth it. it. It's collecting more dust than anything right now. And you just have that remorse of, I shouldn't have bought this. I shouldn't have spent all my money on this. What about this? Have you ever uh, experienced regret from impulsive behaviors or decisions? Maybe you rushed into something, but when all the dust was settled, once it was all said and done, you wish that you hadn't uh, done that. You wish that you hadn't have rushed into that. What about relational remorse? 
you said or did something uh, that deeply hurt a family member or a close friend and wish that you could take it back. You see, I have to believe that all of us have experienced one or all these things. And not only will the verses that we're going to be in, not only do they give us the standard for success in our dating relationships and marriages, it also gives us a way to avoid relational uh, regret and and remorse. Um, so as we dive into this, um, as we look at what uh, a successful relationship looks like, and again, while while the writer, uh, while while Paul is using the concept of marriage, students don't miss out on this. Okay, there's things for you in this too. Okay, so we're gonna dive into the first takeaway, the first thing for us to consider, and and it's this number one: a successful relationship has a submissive spirit. A successful relationship has a submissive spirit. The first place I want to go to in Ephesians chapter 5 is verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Again, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now in this short yet significant verse, Paul is telling his readers then and us now to have a submissive spirit towards the other person. Essentially, Paul is communicating. He's telling us that there needs to be this desire to serve and elevate the needs of the other person over ourself, over our own needs. Um, this desire has to be stronger and deeper than the, than the desire to serve and elevate the needs of ourselves. Essentially, being submissive means that in a relationship, it is more about the other person and what they need more than it is about us. In marriage, if there is in marriage, if there is not this submissive spirit, it'll struggle. But you know, it 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 can be difficult to have a submissive spirit, can it? It can be difficult to say that it's not about me, but it's about you. Now, whether we are willing to admit it or not, there is a part of us that ask this question when we begin to date someone. What will I get out of this relationship? What will I get? Now, this question makes sense because we we want to experience things like happiness and joy when we date someone or consider marrying someone, right? You you want to be with someone that's going to make you laugh. You you're gonna you want to be with someone that's gonna not make you feel miserable, not pick on you. you. Want someone that's gonna make you feel special, right? And if you want someone that makes you feel like trash, I, I, go for it, I guess. But that that's that that is a tough relationship to have. So most of us we want to experience good things. So we ask, what can I get? Can I get certain things from this relationship? And while this question is not bad in and of itself, there could be a point in time where this question becomes dangerous. You see, it becomes dangerous when the question becomes the only focus in the relationship. It becomes dangerous when the question outweighs pursuing Jesus. It becomes dangerous when the focus becomes what you can get and not how you can point the other pe- how you can point the other person to Jesus. When we when we become so focused on our wants and that that we're blinded to the other person's needs, that becomes dangerous. You become dangerous. And, and 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 let me just say this because I've I've heard a handful of people say or think that being submissive means being weak. Listen to this: being becoming submissive does not mean you or the other person becomes a doormat. Becoming submissive does not mean you or the other person becomes someone that should be belittled or extremely picked on or a place that emotions can be taken out on. Okay, 
Being submissive does not mean that you become somebody's doormat. Becoming submissive does not mean that you get to walk over, walk all over somebody. That's not what being submissive means. Being submissive means that I'm going to recognize and do my best to elevate the needs of you, of, of, of the person across from me, but I'm not going to put myself in a dangerous or compromising position. I'm not going to put myself in a place that I will be attacked or belittled. So being submissive does not mean that you, uh, Elevate the needs of others while you lower the the expectation or the protection of you. That's not being submissive, okay? And, and, and the reason why we start here with being submissive, because when a relationship has a submissive spirit, the rest of these takeaways have a place to grow. So number two is the, the second takeaway is that a successful relationship has a loving spirit. A successful relationship has a loving spirit. Sphere. I want to go to verse 25 for a moment in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In uh, this verse, we see Paul telling husbands to love their wives just as Christ loved the church. This seems simple, right? It seems simple for a husband to love his wife as the church. Yet there is this vast misconception about what love is. And I and I, I believe that's because we uh, at times forget how God defines love. You see, just as God defined marriage in the very beginning, He defined love in the very beginning as well. You know, one thing that I have noticed in my thirty-one years, thirty years of life, I should say, is that we as people have a lot of things that we love, right? We love certain foods, we love brands, cars, certain movies, certain music, fashion styles, and the list goes on and on and on. And while we use this word love very loosely, I mean, we we tell almost anything and every and anything and everyone, "Hey, we love you." In fact, a lot of students tell their girlfriend or boyfriend that they love each other because they're so madly in love, right? They are so uh, deeply in love that they just can't help that after two weeks, I love you. <laughs> after two days, I love you. But do you ever stop and consider what that's communicating? That when you tell someone, hey, I love you, do you ever stop and consider what that is communicating uh, from a biblical sense? See, the word love, which comes from the Greek word agapo, means seeking the highest good for another person. This is an unselfish love that is willing to give up everything. As we just read, Christ gave up his life because of his love for the church. And in case you didn't know, you and I are the church, which means that Christ gave up his life because of his love for us. So for the things and the people that we claim to love, are we willing to give up everything? If you told someone, a friend or a girlfriend or a spouse, hey, I love you. Are you willing to give up your life if you had to for them? Most people, they love a lot of things. They love a lot of food, a lot of cars and movies and all those things, but they probably wouldn't give up their life for those things. I love certain meals, but I would not give up my life for those meals. So this this question can be tough, but honestly, it, it puts things into the right perspective as we look at love through what the Bible says. But there's a third thing that I want us to get. A third thing that I want our students to understand is that a successful relationship has a seeking spirit. 
a successful relationship has a seeking spirit. Now, for this, I want to go to verses 26 and 27 um, as Paul continues to write um, after uh, continuing to, to, to talk to the husbands. Verse 26, to make her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but, but holy and blameless. As Paul continues to write, we see him continue to speak to the husbands. And, and I believe there's a reason for that. I believe that there is a reason why he has more to say to the husbands than he does the wives. Because as a husband, as a man, as a fella, as a dude, as a male, he created us to be the leader of our home and family. That when it comes to who's going to lead the home and family, it is the job of the husband. It's the job of the man. It's the job of the father. It is the job of the male that God has blessed children and a spouse with. So whether you have a home and a family now or you will in the future, the expectation is or will be on your shoulders to lead them well. No one else. It's not going to be the job of a pastor. It's not going to be the job of a teacher. not going to be the job of a person. It's going to be the job of you as the husband, as the, as the father, as the man to lead your home well. I believe that's why, again, Paul talks a lot to the husbands. And in these verses, Paul's encouraging the husbands to take care of their wives through God's word with the end goal of presenting her when needed to without any blemishes. Essentially, he's telling husbands, listen, take care of your wife. Make sure she's okay. Make sure that she has what she needs. Protect her. Care for her. Now, what I know about us as people is that we take care of the things that we care about, don't we? Musicians, they take care of their instruments or their voice if you are a shoe advocate and you spend stupid amounts of money on shoes, you take care of them. You make sure that they're not dirty. They're not creased. They are they are in crisp perfection as long as they possibly can. That's why you carry two pairs of shoes with you, right? One, uh, one pair that you will show up at, one pair that you'll just kind of um, goof off in. Um, athletes, you take care of your bodies. You don't eat junk all the time. You take care of your body. Parents, you love your kids. You take care of them. You provide for them. My grandparents, if you have grandbabies, you love them. That's why you go to McDonald's every time you can with them, right? Because you're going to spoil them. You're going to take care of them. And so we take care of the things that we like, the things that we care about. And if you are if you are a Christian or a Jesus follower or whatever word you want to use to describe that, the best way to take care of yourself and those around you is by staying deeply connected to God's word. You see, the reason for this is because he addresses one way or another everything we go through. Now, sometimes you may have to dig a little bit. You might have to dig in and and, 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 and really study what he's saying, but he addresses everything that we go through. And not only does he address everything, he lived through everything through Jesus. So he can, he not only uh, can speak on it because he has ordained it, but he can speak on it because he has lived it. Okay, right now I'm I'm going through a study through Hebrews with my friend Jake, and we uh, have gone through the first two chapters, and it's just humbling to think that that Jesus, because he wanted to know us as well as he could, he became like us. That he could have sat in heaven and said, "You know what? Uh, I created them. I know them." But he said, I want to fully know them. I want to live like them. So he came and lived like us just to know us, just to understand us. Students, listen, don't think that you don't have to be 
connected to God's word because you're not married. Don't think that this connection to God's word is only for those that are married. Listen, there is no age or marital requirement when it comes to engaging God's word, okay? There's not. In fact, this morning, so I'm recording this a few days after church. This morning, I went over to the school here in Eubank, and there were, I think if I remember right, there were four or five kids, kids, okay, kids who gave their life to Jesus. Four or five kids gave their life to Jesus, which means that a child can understand the gospel. We talked about the gospel we said it like it was, and they responded. So if a child can understand who God is, if a child can understand what God um, has planned for their life, what the purpose he has for them, then a student and an adult can understand God's word. So if you have breath in your lungs right now, you can build a deep connection to God's word. Let me ask you this. If you are currently dating someone, if you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, do you spend time in God's word or talk about what he's saying with each other? Do you spend time talking about God things or is he kind of like you have your thing? I have my thing. And if we if it if it blends together, great. No, it's OK. Like, do you, do you talk about God at all in your relationship? Do you talk about what he is teaching you in, in, in his word? Do you spend time in his word? If you don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, if you're if you're single right now, do you spend time in God's word or do you talk to someone about it? Do you find someone that you can pour into? That, do you find someone that you can talk to about what God's teaching you? If you're an adult, you know, we, we have a, a wonderful group of adults that are volunteers. They are in there every week almost, and we are grateful for us. We have a, we have a lot of adults that, that hang out with us on Wednesdays that even listen to the podcast. So I even have a question for them. I have a question for you if you're an adult. Do you spend time in God's Word by yourself or with your family? Or is that just something that goes to the wayside? If you get to it, great. If not, it's okay, too. I get it. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes there's too many things in a day because I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm not going to talk down because I, I struggle with this myself. I have trouble myself. But do you at least recognize the importance of it? So a successful relationship has a seeking spirit. But as Paul closes out chapter 5 and we close out this conversation, there's one more thing that I want us to understand, one more takeaway, and it's this. A successful relationship has a respectful spirit. A successful relationship has a respectful spirit. The last place I want to go to is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. It says, However, each of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, while we see Paul giving the husband and wife two different expectations, we can say that the two expectations are actually connected. You see, love and respect go hand in hand. When one expectation is met, the other becomes easier. When love takes place, respect quickly follows. In the same breath, when love happens, respect quickly follows, right? Because when someone loves us, when someone respects us, it becomes easier to have these things. So a successful relationship has a respectful spirit. As I was thinking through how to end this conversation and ultimately end this series, I wanted to to wrap it all up, to tie it all up in a nice bow. And uh, when I did that, my mind kept coming back to a statement. I want to share this statement with you. And the statement's this. Don't compromise what's most important to you simply for who's available to you. Don't compromise what's most important to you simply for who's available to you. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of students who compromise what's right and wrong, what they believe, simply for a person. They compromise who they are. They compromise what they believe 
because they are so madly in love or they're so deeply affectionate for their girlfriend or boyfriend and they do things that they shouldn't do. They go too far sexually. They go too far mentally. They go too far emotionally. They, they go too far. They cross the line because all for the sake of love, all because they are madly in love with the person. Listen, don't be one of those people. Don't compromise because... I'm 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 lost words over here because cuteness only goes so far. You can only have so much cuteness. It only goes so far. In a in a dating relationship, it can be very tempting to compromise on what is right simply because you feel or because of what you feel in the moment. It can be easy to say, you know what, it's okay this time. But that one time becomes again and again and again. So don't compromise what's most important to you simply for who's available to you. And if you're an adult, I want to ask you a question too. You're not, you're not off the hook. Does your marriage reflect Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through 33? I don't believe that our adult volunteers are there to simply fill a seat. I believe that they are there because God wants to use them in their marriage to be an example to our students. I believe that our college should come back again and again because they want to be an example for the high schoolers. Of this is what it looks like to live for Jesus after high school, after middle school. So I just want to ask one simple question as you're listening to this. Do you know Jesus? Straight up, do you know him? Do you know him personally? Do you have a relationship with him? You know, we've talked a lot about different relationships and those to pursue. A relationship with Jesus is the best one to have and pursue, just straight up. You can have all the best mentors. You can have all the best communities. You can have the the most honoring and and happy filled relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend, but it all pales in comparison to Jesus. According to John fourteen six, we have to get this right first. It said that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. If you want to get to God, you have to go through Jesus. So if you don't have that right, nothing else will be right. So if if that's you, if if you need to make that first-time decision, reach out to us. Reach out to someone you trust and say, hey, I know I know that I know that I know that I need Jesus and I need someone to help me through it. If that's you, hey, reach out to us. Reach out on our social media. Um, you can uh, message us and we will we will respond to you and we'll walk through this with you. Uh, but maybe you're listening and, and you have to make a decision. Maybe you need to confess something to Jesus and you need to get back to that relationship that you committed to before. Maybe you need to come back to Jesus. Whatever your decision is, I just want to encourage you to make it boldly and confidently because here's the thing. Jesus already did the hard part. He already went to the cross and died for us. He already did what we can do. He already saved us and redeemed us. He's only waiting for us to come to him. So listen, if that's you, please do that. Uh, reach out to us if you need to. But hey, we're so glad that you were here with us. Uh, please share this with someone who made it to hear it. Join us in person and uh, we'll catch you guys next time.